Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of the Ocean View Podcast. No matter where you're at in our country or around the world, we thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Now sit back and enjoy this week's message. everybody and I know last week it was happy new year for everybody but for me it's my first week back and so I wanted to say happy new year for those of you who don't know I'm Terry I'm one of the pastors here and uh, special thanks to Pastor Tommy for leading our church through communion last week and uh, last uh, over the Christmas break I had the privilege of leading about 32 individuals across the Holy Land as we ventured from different sites to be able to learn more uh, about Jesus and see the actual places that he walked um, touched the actual rocks that he might have sat upon. And so it was an incredible time. And um, if you're just joining with us brand new, we're going to talk a little bit about that. But uh, we start a brand new message series today entitled Exodus. And uh, if you're not familiar with the Bible, uh, it really centers around uh, a promise, a promise from God and a promise from God to his people. And uh, as the people had that promise in the book of Exodus, there became a problem. And there's a guy by the name of Moses today we're going to talk about. And God is going to specifically seek him out to be a part of an incredible solution. But as we talk about promises, uh, I'll share one note from our trip. We, we went to a site called the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. And if, if you don't know much about the Holy Land, it's, it's the place where they believe Jesus Christ was crucified. And um, thousands of people every single day just crowd a, a, a square and they go into this church and they, so they could touch the place where Jesus would have been. And uh, it's, it's a very moving experience. And uh, we were exhausted. It was the end of the day and uh, our, our troops, and we were walking through the old city. And as we're there, we're kind of waiting to gather together and we got everybody together and we're all kind of sitting down on these steps in the courtyard and uh, we were tired and ready to go. But someone said, hey, wait, wait, just don't move. We need to get a picture. And all of us are like, oh, another picture. And we're like, no, no, no. And, and the person said, no, I promise this is perfect. We'll all get together on the steps. We're all here. Just move together. Just give me a second because, you know, when we get back, I promise you that when you see this picture, it'll be the picture that for our group, it'll be special. And so just take a few moments. And we're like, okay, fine. So we, we all get, and actually this is the picture that we took. And uh, you can see it really clear. And if you don't see me, I'm actually down at the bottom uh, you know, just posing a little bit there, bring a little life to the picture. Um, but as we got home, we posted that picture and all of us were looking at this picture and we're saying, oh, this is so great. And we start, you know, looking at it. But an hour after it posted, several of us realized that there was a problem. You see, we started looking at the group members and we noticed that there were a couple people who decided to join our group. And yes, we got photobombed and you can see the circle right there. I don't know who those people are, but they literally jumped in without any of us notice and smiled. And so they're on Facebook. They're probably laughing at us. And so needless to say, the person promised us we'd look at this picture and think of a great, fantastic group and a group picture. And now we kind of, we did have a great time and had a great group, but we kind of laugh and chuckle. So that promise kind of fell flat. Um, well, we're going to pick up a story in the book of Exodus where uh, it looks like God's promise has fallen flat. And I think why it's really important, and I'm excited to share this with you, is uh, as we talk about a new year, now is the time, and you can kind of look around, where, uh, where everyone kind of turned the calendar, and you can, I don't know what it is, it's a date and a calendar, but we all look at it and say, okay, I, God, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start fresh. This is going to be the year, God. 
Uh, And whether it's in our spiritual lives, whether it's in our physical lives, whether it's in our families, we make all these promises that, you know what, this is the year. And all these resolutions, and let's be honest, in this room, how many of you have already broken a lot of the promises and it's not even, what, 13 days after the new year? Nobody, you all are perfect. Everyone is, man, I need to hang out with you guys. But I think as we walk through life, I think there are a couple of practical tips that we can pull from the life of Moses that I really do think is going to help us today as we really try to improve our relationship with an incredible God. So let me give you some backdrop for those who don't know scripture and don't know, have not read the Bible. Let me give you, catch you up to speed. We're centering around a, a guy by the name of Moses. Now, a little backdrop. Moses grew up in Egypt. I won't go into the whole story there, but he has to flee Egypt for a reason. We'll talk about that later. And as he flees Egypt, he finds himself as a shepherd. And he's walking around a mountainside. And if you, if you know this area, this uh, is right across the Red Sea. It's on Mount Sinai. It's an area where there's hills and there's higher areas. And so one of his flock gets away and Moses is kind of chasing him around. And, and all of a sudden, he's going to have an encounter with God. And this is where we pick up the story. This is Genesis. Um, actually, this, go to the next slide, guys. This is Exodus chapter, believe, 3. Keep going, guys. Exodus chapter 3, Exodus chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. Here we go. One day, Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of the bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? Center on this. I must go see it. And so all of a sudden, here's Moses. He's walking on the mountain of Sinai. And as as he's walking, there's a burning bush. We know this from growing up. We've seen it. And all of a sudden, he's standing there, and the bush is on fire. And he pauses, and it grabs his attention. And in other different parallel versions, it caught his attention. And so Moses says, I need to go see it. Now, I want to define attention for you. When something grabs our attention, here's what really is happening. Attention is this, the notice or regarding of someone or something as important. The action of taking special care of someone or something. So guys, when you're watching the playoff game today and your spouse says, are you paying attention to me? You can't look at the screen and say, "Uh uh-huh, it doesn't work. Because you're not giving importance or care to the individual that you're supposed to be paying attention to. Because that's what attention is. Here's the truth. And for those of you who don't like long messages, good news. I can share this with you. You can go to sleep for the next 15, 20 minutes and you're done. I truly believe every single day. I believe today when you walk in those hallways and you get in your car and you head home. I believe every day God puts burning bushes in our life. Every day. Every day. I believe, what was that burning bush for? It was there to what? Capture Moses' attention. And I believe every day God puts burning bushes in my life and says, hey, Terry, I'm right here. Hey, Terry, I need you to look over here. Hey, Terry, I need to capture your attention. I need you to pause in just a moment and I need to give care over here. Terry, Terry, Terry. But isn't it true, whether you're a single adult, whether you're a professional in this room, whether you're married in this room, Life today makes it really difficult for us to stop and give attention, doesn't it? It used to be where you can work Monday to Friday and you can go home on Friday or you can go home at 4.35 o'clock and you didn't have to worry about work until the next morning. 
How many of you have heard the phrase say, oh, I'll deal with it tomorrow. There's no more of that because of smartphones, because of cell phones. For those of you who work a job, it is 24-7, isn't it? It's an email at 8 o'clock at night. It's checking a late file. Someone's updated it. Someone emailed me. I got to get back to them tonight. All of a sudden, life is capturing our attention at an amazing rate. And meanwhile, there is a loving God for those of us who believe in him that is constantly trying to put a burning bush in our life to say, Terry, your marriage is struggling. You better start paying attention. You should do this. You should say this. You should pay attention and special care to this. But life crowds us out. Let me ask you a question. Is there room in your heart to pay attention? Is there room in your heart to care? Is there room in your heart to pay attention? And here's what I mean. Because I truly believe when that calendar flipped, there are many of you that paused and said, you know what, this is an area of my life that I really, really need to get better at. This is an area of my life for our family. We need to get better. And so the question is, is there room in your life to give special attention to it? Or have you already started with your routines and in a brand new year? If you're a type A personnel, you like to take notes, I believe there are two things, two aspects, two principles that all of us need to do in order to give God attention that when there's a burning bush, there are two ways that we can have a Moses-like experience on the mountain. If you want to know how you can change an aspect of your life, if you want to get better in your spiritual life, do you want to know today how you can tomorrow get better in your life? I think there are two ways that we can do it. For type A's, I'm going to say the first one now and later on at the end of the message because I don't want you all worrying about that. I forgot it. No, I will get to it. Later in the message, I will give you the second one. So the first aspect or principle about paying attention is simple. It's this. It's your head. It's your head. And I love this. I love this. Because take a look at this next verse. Watch what God says. And for some of you, just write this down and you can say amen and go home. Look at this. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him. Don't miss this. Just don't even read the rest of the verse. I'll read it later. But read the yellow. I'll read it again. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him. The first thing that God wants you to do, he's going to put a burning bush. The first thing, the only thing he wants you to do is just turn your neck. Terry, right now you're driving home. Right now you need to think about calling so-and-so. No, 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 I'm too busy. I got the radio on. Oh, I got my special podcast on. I don't want to listen to this. No, no, God, God, God. In a moment, if all we did was we turned our neck and we said, okay, God, I'm listening, then watch what God does. God called to him. If you want God to speak to you this year, and I know that freaks some people out, but let me tell you something. God speaks to us in incredible ways that when we pause and in silence we think and all of a sudden God brings someone to our heart, that's God speaking to us. And in those moments, all God wants us to do is to turn our neck, Terry, 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 God, speak, I'm listening. And in those moments, God speaks clearly. But all too often, we don't give him attention. We don't turn our necks. So for taking notes, the first step in following Jesus, the first step that all of us to have a personal relationship with Jesus and a great relationship with God is to start paying attention. You've got to start turning your neck. Let me give you a great illustration. I've shared this once before in our church. It was a privilege to be able to teach from the actual scriptures and the actual place where that scripture came true. 
and I was standing next to the Temple Mount. If you don't know much about the Bible, God's temple stood on a very flat manufactured area on top of a mountain called the Temple Mount. King Herod built it. And if you go there today, the walls are still there and it is as flat as could be on top of a mountain. So if you don't think the Bible's true, the Bible is our source of history. So there it is in all its form. And we're standing next to it on the southern side of this Temple Mount. And there are steps that have been excavated that you walk up to go through the gates that are all walled up now for a lot of reasons I can't get into today. But there are gates. And what the people would do is three times a year to come worship and give sacrifices to God, they would travel to Jerusalem and they would walk on these steps. And by the way, Jesus Christ walked these steps several times. And they would walk up into the Temple Mount area and they would worship God. So here I'm standing on these steps. Take a look at this picture. These are the actual steps that are leading. Some of them have been remanufactured, but some of them are still in existence today from the first century. Now, here's the beauty of them. And you can't really tell from this picture, but each one of those steps are different lengths to step on. Some are smaller, some are bigger. Why? Because when they built the temple area, They wanted to make sure that as individuals came to give sacrifice to God and realize who they are and who God is, when they walked those steps, it was to make them pause in their routine and say, hold, hold, hold on. You're not just walking any steps. This isn't just any day. You need to pay attention because what you're doing matters and what you're doing is important because you have a relationship with God and you're about to stand on holy ground. So start paying attention attention and start focusing. I believe God puts burning bushes in our life all the time to have us say, Terry, you're on holy ground and I want to talk to you, but you're too busy or you think you got all the answers and I just want you to turn your neck. Now, I love this because I want you to see what God has to say to Moses because Moses comes, he turns his neck and that God calls to him. And some of us in this room that are struggling, when you turn your neck and God speaks to you, watch what he says to Moses. It's as if he's talking to us. Take a look at this. Then the Lord told him in verse seven, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. Pause. What God really said to Moses was this. Hey, Moses, long ago, you're a part of a people group and you know the promise There was a guy by the name of Abraham. And I promised Abraham long ago that there wouldn't be no enemies that would take them captive and that they would have descendants as far as the stars in the sky. And I promised that to Abraham. And my people now are in bondage. And so I just wanted you to know that I know this and I see it. It's as if God looks at us and says, hey, Terry, I know that I've said in my word that if you follow me, that you could do all things in and through me. I know that. And I know that you've been struggling in this one area. And I know that you've been struggling and trying to do better in this area. I know it's in your marriage. I know it's maybe in your home. Maybe it's with your kids. And I know you're starting to lose your faith. I know it because I know exactly what's going on. And I see it. I have heard the cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. It's as if God looks at us and says, Terry, I know you're struggling. I know it. I know it. And now here's the sad thing about me. I'll just forget, forget you all. You guys are perfect. I, and me, I'm the one who struggles. When I'm struggling in an area and all of a sudden I turn to God and God gives me a plan of action, the first thing I'm going to do is say, well, uh, you know, I've tried that before and I just, 
oh, I, I, I know, I, I just don't think anything's going to change. It's as if I look at God and I throw my hands up and he says, Terry, I know you're struggling, Terry. I'm talking to you. You turn your neck and I, this is what you're dealing with. Yeah, but God, nothing's going to change. So what? So what? So what, God? I don't think anything's going to change. 2019, you know, I turned my neck. You're saying it. I, you know, in order to get close to you, I got to do this. I just, I've been there before. I don't think anything's going to change. And right now, I just want you to think for just a second. In these different categories in your life, in spiritual, in your career, in your marriage, in your relationship, if I were to ask you right now, what is the one area in those categories or any other category that you would think in your mind in 2019, I know that I'm in bondage. And what I mean by bondage, bondage is simple. I'm not doing what God wants me to do. I'm not as good or I'm not doing what God wants me to do as a husband, as a worker, as a child. I'm not there. What is that area in your life? I want you to think of the first letter of that word. Maybe it's a sin, and I want you to think of the first letter. For some of you who are brave enough, I want you to write that letter in your notes. You don't have to write it all out because I know spouses, some of your spouses are leaning over saying, he's writing, yes, he's listening, praise God. What is he writing? Be a better husband. Yes, no, don't do that. So just write the letter. And here's the thing I want you to do, circle it. Because God looked at Moses and said, basically, Moses, I know the people are struggling, but it was as if God was looking at us and saying this, I know your needs, I know your desires, and I know what's going to happen. And so in this area in your life, Terry, you say, so what? Well, I'm just telling you, I know exactly what you need, and I know what the outcome's going to be. I'm God. And so if you trust me, I can do incredible things in and through you. And so here's the great thing about God. He looks at Moses and said, I've heard about this. And now let me tell you what I'm going to do. God doesn't, doesn't start something he doesn't intend to finish. And in order to finish it, we have to have instruction. Watch what God says. Look at this in verse eight. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. The land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, that's a lot of ites, now live. Here's the beauty of this. And I just want to, I'll just give you the ending. Way back when God basically said this, I'm going to lead you in a land that is fertile for seven different species of crops that you will never have to worry about having. Now, do you know if you went to Israel today, there are seven specific species that do not need any type of irrigation to thrive abundantly in the land of Israel, and it's what God promised. God knows the outcome. And all the way back then, he said, I'm going to lead you. I'm going to lead you out. Look. The cry of the people of Israel has reached me and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I'm sending you to Pharaoh and you must lead my people out of Egypt. It's as if when we look at God and we say, God, here's where I'm struggling. God looks at us and says, okay, you gave me your attention. You turned your neck. Now here's exactly what you need to do. And I would love to say that all of us in the room, when God speaks and gives us the plan of action, says, this is what you need to do. And we hear him. I would love if I and you looked at God and said, got it. It's about you. I trust you. I'm going to do it. But that's not what we do, is it? How many of us, when God says, all right, you want this? Here's what you need to do. How many of us pause and right away begin to doubt that we can accomplish what God wants? 
The truth is, in notes, when God grabs our attention, our first reaction is always to look back. God, but you know what? I tried that before and it doesn't work. You know what, God? You're telling me to do this, but you've been sleeping, God, because I've already done that and it doesn't work as well, so I just, I can't do it anymore. But meanwhile, God looks at us and says, hold on a second. You can do all things through me. So I want you to watch what happens. But Moses protested to God. Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people, Israel, out of Egypt? If you don't know about the character of Moses, remember I said that he fled Egypt? Isn't it ironic that God chose a man who was probably the worst possible choice to lead God's people out of, his, out of Egypt? Did you know this? Here's a background to Moses. Take a look at this. Moses was a runaway. He ran away from Egypt. Do you want to know why? I'll get to it. He was disgraced. You want to know why? I'll get to it. He wasn't very well-spoken. In fact, a little later on, he keeps arguing with God and says, I don't talk really well, and so I can't do it. He was a failure at his profession. Think about it. He lost one of his flock. He's a terrible shepherd. Thank you. I appreciate the laughter there. Thank you. Threw that in there. But he was a murderer. Did you know that about Moses? The reason why he fled Egypt was because he murdered an Egyptian. And God looks at him and says, hey, I'm going to send you back to the place where you're probably going to get arrested, you're probably going to go to jail, and your life's going to be over. And Moses looks and says, that's your plan? No thanks. And many of us look at God in a burning bush, we turn our neck and we say, God, if that's your plan, I can't do it. I'll share a quick story with you just to make it practical because I think the big things we do this, but even the small things, sometimes we do this where God calls us. Back in about in March, um, my dad and I were, my dad had come to visit. He, he lived in Ocala, Florida. He came and he visited uh, me here in Myrtle Beach. And um, my dad was a handyman, carpenter. He could fix anything and create anything. He came over, he looked at my back door. And like any dad, you know, he wants to give instruction to his son, no matter what age you are. And so as we're walking in the back door, he looked at the back door that we typically walk in in the garage. And he said, son, you don't have a deadbolt on this door. I said, thank you, Captain Obvious. I really appreciate it. And he said, no, you you need to have a deadbolt. It's not safe. And so I said, okay, and? Because, I mean, well, even though I'm really handy and our church knows that about me, I'm extremely handy, um, I looked at my dad because my dad probably knew everything, and he said, why haven't you done it? I said, well, Dad, I'm, I'm, I'm not like you. You know, I, 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 I'm a pastor. I mean, come on, insert joke there. So all of a sudden, he says, well, let's go to Lowe's or let's go to Home Depot and let's figure this out. I said, great. In my mind, what that meant is I'll go with him to Lowe's. He'll get all the stuff we need and he'll do it for me. That's what I thought. So we come back to the house and he says, great. He says, uh, tell you what, tomorrow we're going to work on this together. And I thought, okay, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll try well, unfortunately, we, we were, the weather wasn't good. We didn't, chose not to do it. He had to leave, and he said, I'll do it the next time I come. For those in my church who knows, my dad passed a month later. And so we didn't get a chance to put that deadbolt on. And every time I would walk in the garage, I would look at that bag filled with the equipment needed, and it would remind me of my dad. And all of a sudden, about two months ago, I saw that bag. And I remember sitting there, and I remember the thought came to me, and I really do believe it was God. I said, you need to put that deadbolt on. And the first thing I did was, guess what? (laughs) I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. I I won't be able to do that. I'll mess it up. I'll have to buy a whole new door. It'll be really expensive. I thought of every excuse that I couldn't do it. Because truth be told, I probably didn't want to do it. And finally, I just felt so strong. I can't, I'm not, I, I don't go there, but 
I said, you know what, God, I really feel as if you're telling me to try. So, all right, fine. And I got to be honest with you. I actually went to Lowe's, brought the bag back and said, see all this stuff? What do I do? And the guys just looked and like most, they told me what I do and then they gave it back to me and I came back home and I said, all right, I'm going to try. Here's the funny thing. It took me about 45 minutes to put the deadbolt on the door and it worked. It still works. Here's the point. When I looked at that door, I thought there is no way that I'm going to be able to do this. There's no way that I can accomplish this. Here's the beauty when we trust God and we follow exactly what he wants. We get a blessing because of it. And every time that door opens and every time that door closes, guess who I think about? My dad. And it's a special memory for me. So when we move, I'm just going to take that door with me. (laughs) But here's the truth. There are many of us that get paralyzed because we doubt what God can do. If you're taking notes, write this down. Don't allow your past to paralyze. There's freedom in the future that Jesus can give you. If your first reaction is, yeah, but, you need to stop yourself. And you need to realize, I am butting my way out of a blessing. And so, fast forward, Moses looks at God and he butts his way out of a blessing. God, I can't do it. God, I can't do it. I'm not a good speaker. God gets mad. And when I say mad, righteous anger and says, I am. In other words, I'm God for goodness sake. You can do anything. Knock it off. And finally, they go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And here's what God finally says to Moses. All right, crybaby. All right, whiner. You keep saying you can't do it. Here's what I'm going to do for you. This comes from Exodus chapter 4. Then the Lord asked him, what do you have there in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied. Throw it down on the ground, the Lord told him. So Moses threw it down and it became a snake. Moses was terrified, so he turned and ran away. Pause for just a second. Many of us that don't know much about the Bible and really don't know this, we get freaked out by this because we're like, where did that come from? You know, of all the things that God could have done, he turns a staff into a snake. I mean, really? That's kind of weird. I'm going to explain it in just a second. Then the Lord told him, take hold of its tail. So Moses reached out and grabbed it, and it became a shepherd's staff again. This is why understanding history and understanding context, the Bible can come alive for you. Do you know in Egyptian culture that snakes had a very powerful and prominent position in their culture? In fact, the snake represented power and life to the Egyptian people. The snake was an incredible figurehead. And so God looked at Moses and Moses would have known this. Why? Because where did Moses grow up? Egypt. And so what did God do? The God that Moses was looking at and doubting his power. I can't go back to Egypt. I know you're God and I know you can do anything, but I can't go back there because even though you're God, they're going to arrest me and you don't have power over that. And God said, what's in your hand, Moses? A wooden shepherd staff. Throw it on the ground, Moses, and it becomes a snake, which to Moses represented, whoa, that's God-like, that's power and life. And then what did God have Moses do? I want you to reach down and do what? Grab its tail. And what happened to that snake? Turned into a staff. Do you know why God did that? It was to show Moses and it was to show the Egyptians. You think you have gods? You think that snake represents power and life? Let me tell you the God who is power and life. And let me show you what I can do to your God. 
It's nothing. And I can have a mere mortal grab your representation of power of life and I can have it ended at any moment. That's how powerful a God I am. I pray that every time you read about that, that you remember that lesson. Okay, type A's. Remember I told you there are two principles to paying attention. One was what? Your head. Turn your neck. And the other is very simple. It's your heart. It's your heart. Because Moses turned his head. Moses came to get a closer look. What's going on? And then God started talking to him. And then all of a sudden Moses did what? No, I can't. No, I can't. No, I can't. Here's the truth. In this room, there are many of you that want with your heads to have a better 2019 and a lot of different areas of your life, in your family, in your finances, in your spiritual life, but your heart's not in it. And I can promise you, you're going to walk out these doors and in two weeks, your spiritual life, your financial life, your family life will still be the same as it was in 2018. Why? Because you turned your neck, but you didn't commit your heart. If you're taking notes, here's the truth. The miracle was not the burning bush. The miracle was what God did through the mind and heart that said, here I am. That's the miracle. And Moses looked at God and finally said, here I am, God. Have your way. You know, thousands of years ago, there was another miracle that happened. And it happened on a staff. Except it wasn't a shepherd's staff. It was a wooden cross. And isn't it amazing that God would know that he would send his son down on another symbol that meant power and life. Jesus Christ died so that you would never have to look at him today and say, God, I can't. In fact, we disrespect the cross every time we look in the eyes of our Savior and and say, I can't. It's as if Moses is looking at God saying, I'm not well-spoken. I don't have the power. They'll throw me in jail. You're not powerful enough. And God looks at us and says, do you remember the cross? There are too many of us acting like Moses. There are too many of us standing there and we're looking at our past and we don't have a better future because we forget the cross. And so the question for all of us today is, are we willing to stand and willing to open our arms and say, here I am. If you want your life to change for 2019, allow God to turn your neck and allow him to penetrate your heart. And if you do that, you'll have power and you'll have life. Let's pray. God, I lift up this room and I thank you, Father, for um, an incredible lesson from Moses. I thank you that Moses finally, finally said, God, here I am and I'll do it. And God, maybe that's the lesson. We're all like Moses. And God, forgive us when we doubt the power of the cross. So right now, in an attitude of prayer, if if you're in this room and you're struggling with that that category that I mentioned earlier, if you've written down or if you have in your mind the letter of the first, the first letter of the word that you're thinking of, I want you to ask yourself the question, does that word have power over you or do you have power over it? And we know the answer. 
And so today is the day to be able to lift your hands up and say, God, in this area of my life, there is power and there is life because you died on a cross to give it to me. And I can do all things because you are with me. And so allow this year to be an incredible year. When we walk out these doors in just a little bit, remember that. Allow them to turn your neck. Allow them to turn your heart. Allow this year to be an incredible year for you spiritually. In just a moment, I want to encourage you to cement that down and talk to God. We're going to stand in just a moment and we're going to sing a worship song. And I want you to sing it to him, not to the singers on stage. Don't just watch. I want you to sing with your heart, not the words of your mouth but the attitude and posture of your heart and declare to God, here I am. There's power in you. God, I pray that you'd bless this moment and I pray that you'd bring hope to the hopeless and may this year be an incredible journey for all of us. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. If you would like more information about the ministries at Ocean View or if you'd like to speak to someone directly, you can visit our website at www.ovbc.org. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.